Good evening, everybody. My name is Trevor. My name is Rachel. And we're not going to do a, a cutesy sign-on uh, today because, ladies and gentlemen, we have something very serious to discuss with you. This is a uh, this is a PSA, a public service announcement. Um, I actually have no idea what Trevor's about to say, so I'm also on the edge of my seat to find out. You should be. It's really important. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you today about teacher-student romances and how they are Inherently problematic. And and real gross. And if you are currently in one, if you are Archie from the CW series Riverdale. Is he in a teacher-student relationship? With Miss Grundy. Miss Grundy? Yeah. That doesn't uh, sound like a very a name that anybody well, that I'd want to be having Congress with. In in the original Archie comics, she's like a withered old crone who's like his music teacher. And in this one, she's like a... A smoking like a, hot. A smoking hot, like, 32-year-old divorcee who's a music teacher. Damn. Uh, if, if I needed any more uh, reason to want to watch Riverdale, because I sure do want to watch Riverdale. Uh, I've only seen the first episode, but it's got... We are getting distracted. We are off we topic. We are. God damn it. Uh, teacher student romances. Teacher student romances here. And... It, look, it's an abuse of power, is what it is. It's an abuse of power. It puts you both at great risk. And you know what? Your books, your book learning is more important. <laughs> you should be... Go, go study. Why go are you studying? Go to the library and study. Go to the library of instead of going to the looking, library and getting your fingers sucked on by a gross dude in the yeah. middle of the stacks. Look, I know. I know some of those professors are real foxy. You just want to like, mm, just look at that back meat. Uh. That back meat? Mm, yes. Like they're actual... Front butt. <laughs> <laughs> is back me like actual like back musculature? Or are we talking like no? It's butt butt cheeks. Back but, but, meat. Back meat. Back meat is butt cheeks. Back, back meat in front butt. <laughs> Gotta and look at that moose knuckle. Mm, that, that academic moose knuckle. <laughs> oh I just God. wanted to say moose knuckle. I'm not even gonna pretend. I stole uh, front butt. Uh, from a podcast as <laughs> another podcast, a better podcast. I thought than front us. butt was like like. I, a labia wedgie, because it looks like a butt. I wouldn't know. <laughs> no, I was listening to... You've uh, never seen, like, a, a gal with camel toe? It's I, just, I, just, I just heard it called camel toe. I didn't know you called it front butt. So you're going to have to break down front butt for me, because I'm... Okay, I'm just listening... I feel like it's so vague that I'm I need listening more to uh, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which is a which much I've better podcast really than us. Uh, it's very wholesome, so isn't it? It's not. It's not wholesome, but it's very positive. Like, like wholesome. They're just in the real sense sweet of, like, boys. They're not assholes. They're, they're just real re- sweet boys. Real sweet boys. And I, I've been listening to it basically nonstop. And they have a live show where one of their like nieces is in the audience, like their ten year old niece. Aww. And the parents request that they not refer to genitals, like they not use the words like dick or vagina or anything like that. Do they and usually so, like just? So, throw those out oh yeah for sure all the time uh so in the live show they're just calling it front butt like his front butt her front butt everyone's front (laughs) everyone's front butt it's a catch-all term i like that okay wow this 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 podcast is starting off great i wanted to do a bit i'm not sure if it worked uh hi this is the smutcast we are your uh purveyors of fine internet filth your E-filth. cultural your cultural sherpas into the world of of e-filth up onto that, the mountain of front butt. <laughs> onto the mountain front of front butt, of butt, front butt. available on <laughs> front Amazon <butt> mountain. Published. <laughs> so, uh, Rachel, what are we doing? What are we doing this week? We are talking about, uh, it's called Study Me, I believe. Uh, and I forgot what the author's name was because uh, Trevor's been referring to him as Logan Student Teacher Sex. But he has an actual name. Logan Chance. And 
we we got onto this this one because uh, one of our Patreon patrons, our only patron, I think. Nope, nope, nope. No, we, we got, got two. Another. We got we two. Have, we have a whole two. Hot damn. Let's see here. Let's well, get our uh, our first patron, uh, Dusty. Uh, wanted specifically something that was written by a straight man for a female for female consumption and which i thought was going to be a tall order to track down on amazon but I it found was it in not 5 minutes yeah trevor with his uh with his hacking skills <laughs> fingers flying on the keyboard just tracked that shit down really quickly and you know trevor there's some things that i liked about this and i'm really ashamed about i it. was really hoping you would say that because I feel the same way. Good! <laughs> and I okay. didn't want to have to defend myself <laughs> against some of this grossness. I mean, Yes, I, yes, we have I a second have patron judged. now. Uh, Alex Kane. Oh, I know Alex. What up, Alex? Uh, so we are now with the whole two Patreon supporters. Uh, let them fight for supremacy till the end of time. And we might have a third. I was asked uh, for for the link to our Patreon and so I'm thinking we've got a third in the works. Hopefully, fingers crossed, wow. front butts crossed. Front butts crossed, yes. So we should probably dive right into uh, Study Me by Logan, is it Chance or Chase? Logan Chance. Not that it fucking matters. Yeah. Logan Chance, who, um, who? in his bio uh, describes himself as being a fan of Star Wars, sports, and pretty girls. And so... Yeah, that's how he's, he was at least somebody who is marketing. Oh, I'm sorry, himself. Star Wars music and Pretty Girls. He's one of those. He's one of those rare people who likes music. Always in trouble in school. Oh, he's 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 a little bit of a rap scallion. This guy. Yeah, he's he's a lovable rogue. Oh my god, he has a Facebook page. <gasps> oh my god. I think oh it's probably it's probably just covered in like miscellaneous torsos. Like oh, we're not gonna get a, a picture of him. Please. I did stalk his Instagram. Oh, what did you? And it was all of these photos. Trevor's looking at his Facebook right now. Is this and him? it's just No, I don't think so. I don't think we're gonna get a photo of him. Damn it. We could probably oh do my a little God, there are a pair of brothers that write these. No supposedly. way. Who's they, the other they one? Identify as Chance Brothers, and their page is uh Chance and Logan. And their their webpage is the Brothers Chance. Wait, Chance and Logan? So the brother's name is Chance Chance? Oh Logan and Jacob, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say. That's something I can't forgive. I could forgive it. <laughs> you you would forgive you would date somebody named Chance Chance. Well, there's a photo of a hipster dude wearing like a yeah. war bonnet, Native American T-shirt. So fantastic! He, he looks delightful. Low key douchey. Delightful. Okay. Um. So yeah, Logan Chance, study me, a teacher student romance. I'm going to be real with you, Rachel. I went into this expecting the very worst. Yeah, I did too. And I walked out of it. Uh, it's fine. It's it's okay. It's, there were things that I'm I'm pissed about that I read, as is pretty typical yeah. for, for our weekly meetings here, bi-weekly meetings. But there was I was surprised by how much I liked about this. So let's I'm just, so glad that you feel the same way because I was coming into this ashamed as well. Really, neither one of us not has to, forward to admitting. Like, just quake beneath the, the the weight of the other's fury. Yeah, uh, exactly. upon revealing that. Um, so yeah, do you want to just just get right into talking about the plot then? Yeah, totally. Well, the story opens with a uh, rousing masturbation scene in an airport airplane bathroom. So there's which that. is dumb and gross. 
<laughs> right out the gate. And I'm sorry, I've got feelings about these like these masturbation scenes, like in in books like this, in public. Where somebody is just moaning with abandon, like they're not going to be. You're not going to be moaning in an airplane bathroom. I'm also, sorry. why there's nothing to moan about in an airplane bathroom? Like, how are you even aroused up there? Man, <laughs> I love this tiny cramped space that smells like poop. It's fantastic. <laughs> like, I know that the Mile High Club is a thing, but why it's a thing? I, I mean, other than just the the thrill of I mean, being be, in the air. It's, let's it's be not real. a sexy space. No one. No one romances fucking in an outhouse, and that's basically what you're doing. Right. Like, no one no one romanticizes fucking in, like, that little tiny bathroom that some buses have. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's the exact same thing, like... Yeah, but there's no magic to fucking on a bus, because you're, you're still on the ground, like... You might as well have sex in the back of the car. But I meant, it's just, it's the same sensory experience, like... Right. But I think it's the idea of being... A mile in the air, obviously. I don't know, just go fuck on a mountain. But you're up there with, like, that stale airplane air that smells terrible, plus the smell of bathroom. Yeah, fuck on a mountain. Go go up to uh, Front Butt Mountain and just (laughs) fuck (laughs) up there. But there, yeah, there's uh, this scene where she's baiting in the bathroom because she, um, our heroine here, Marley Murphy, and Marley's a dog's name, come on. (laughs) Straight up a dog's name. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. Any listeners named Marley. I know. Yeah, I mean, Marley, it's, it's a surname. So Joseph Marley and his many chains. I was thinking Bob, but Joseph too. Oh. You're tying it back to... Uh, Joseph Christmas Ghost Dickens. Of, Ghost of Dick, Dicks of Christmas Past. So we've got Marley Murphy, who is a, a student and a teaching assistant at NYU in a... Uh, a medical program and her anatomy professor is Dr. Houston Dale prize asshole of, of NYU's uh, teaching he's, staff. He's definitely the, uh, apparently just smoking hot though. He, he's he, like the Greg house of this. Yeah. He's, I was gonna, I was like, he's like a uh, house meets Severus Snape. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. There were definitely shades of like turn to page, whatever. Is it 374? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. There is that sort of like... Man, some Harry Potter nerds going to be real mad that we don't know that quote off the top of our heads. Well, excuse the shit out of me. I know the scene and I know the significance, so... Love your <laughs> He's not as buttoned up as Snape, though, but he does have that asshole teacher. And he, there was, uh, like, the way that Marley describes him, like, talking about him as a teacher... Uh, he's described as severely ridiculing his students for failing tests, which I thought, which made me all kinds of pissed off. Yeah, he does. Your job as a professor is to foster, like, the enthusiasm and the learning journey of your students. Don't be over here fucking ridiculing somebody for failing a test. How do you know that they weren't out here having some kind of, like, a, a personal crisis or a death in the family? He he does not seem like a good teacher at all. He's not. Well, he hates teaching, and there's reason. There's a good reason for it yeah. later. Well, good is debatable, but there's a reason that we're we're meant to to care about. But he's a dick. Uh, he's a hated. He's hated and lusted after in, in equal, equal measure. Yeah. The way he's described is kind of sexy, though. I have a thing for like the collegiate, like professorly that's why like when you're like student teacher romance 
is bad. <laughs> like, I think that as as a fantasy, I understand it. Well, see, even in practice, it's like yeah, like you were saying, the the dynamic. So there are a couple things like balance. right off the bat about this book that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So she's she's in her last year, right? As for her her last year for her masters, right? I'm not sure. So she's 24. Yeah, she's young. She yeah, she. So she probably finished undergrad at 21 and is getting her master's now. I would I, I, would, I would assume so. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how like the medical track. Works. Why is she in his class and a teaching assistant for his class? Why is she taking rudimentary anatomy at that advanced level? Because this is rudimentary anatomy. Like, one of the questions that he asked the class is, like, how many bones, how many muscles are in your smile face? Your like, smile? How, <laughs> how many, how many muscles in smile up? face? Stop it. <laughs> uh, That's a good question. I, it's one like, of those things where, like, where I take that with a grain of salt and erotica, because I figure that, like, a little bit of research was done, but probably not a lot. Maybe a little more could have been done. This is pretty... Because my wouldn't it be a lot more palatable if she was just the teaching assistant? Mm-hmm. Like, But then then where's the whole teacher-student fantasy? If she's not a student, it's just teacher-teacher fantasy. Well, yeah, you're just... T-A-teacher fucking... And I mean, you, like, isn't... Do people really care what the, the non-fetish object is in the story? Like, it's all about what he is, right? Like, True. not about what she is. Uh, and speaking of what he is, I think that it's it's pretty apropos that we got this story after having that long discussion last, uh, last recording session about that kind of male lead character who is brooding, asshole-ish, aloof. Like, this is that guy to a T. This is that guy. And and yet, and yet, I have stuff to say about that later on, um, but but we can we can move on. So right off the bat, there are a couple things that I wanted to touch on. So Marley's up here masturbating in this in this airport, uh, in this airplane bathroom. And what what got her to Baton uh, was a a really gross comment that he made. Uh, they were sitting side by side uh, on the plane going to a conference in Chicago. And he's, she's sucking down vodka. For some reason, another thing that I was like, this wouldn't happen. Uh, she said the stewardess kept bringing her these, like, tiny bottles of vodka. Just, like, keep them coming, like, without her even asking, which was really weird. Like, they're not gonna, they're not encouraging. Uh, isn't there, like, a two-bottle limit? I would think almost? so. You're like, they're not out here encouraging passengers to get rip-roaring drunk. But she was well on her way, and he's over here grading or reading or their thighs are touching. Like, it's very charged. But then he says, uh, don't get too drunk now. I wouldn't want to have to take advantage of you. <laughs> I might rape you. Yeah. That's nothing, the joke, Marley. Nothing like a man with authority over you, like, pretty much suggesting that he's going to rape you on a plane. And that, that's what, and that's all she needed to, to get into that tiny, tiny bathroom and start and just... Going to town. Basically, like, wailing his name, because... Going to town on her front butt. <laughs> Not front butt! Because he uh, he hears her, I think, like, she's moaning his name so loudly that he comes to check on her in the bathroom, and there's... And she of- doesn't lock the door. He nope. just, just opens it up and... Well, no, but I think there's, like, a very uh, conveniently timed bit of turbulence, and the door flies open. That's not how, do- that's not how tours work. That's not how, that's that's how any of this works. Then he sees her, guilty as charged hand all up in the front butt and gives her this like villainous <laughs> little grin. <laughs> and, and we come to learn that 
his attraction to Marley is really all about his ego and his ego alone. And it's like, what can she do for me to make me forget my tortured past? Yeah, like she, it's she's she's an emotional fuck toy, basically. She's pure and light, and so I hate that shit. She's so sunny and positive and innocent. Like, and I want to stick my finger in her mouth, and like, he does later, <laughs> and it's weird. Uh, so we find out that these two are on this plane because they're going to like some fucking conference mm-hmm. that's that's alluded to in like the first two chapters, two to three chapters, and then not mentioned again. Yeah, it's a very short. It's weird. Part so, like, the, story. the book sets up that they're going to this conference. Uh, and that's how the whole thing was going to be, like, this, like, sustained tension on the conference. Because yeah, then, they have, because they have to, like, share a room. Which is another, such, like... Another fucking hotel booking error, which is always... Always what, what happens. Like, oh, whoopsie, we gotta share a room. Or else it's usually like, oh, we have to share a king bed. Whatever will we do? But they didn't. The I think Logan, the author Logan, kind of faked us out there. Because I thought that... Some shit was going to go down on the Chicago trip. And, I mean, we do have a scene. We uh, It sets up sort of... His emotional fact, yeah. issues. Yeah, so there's a... They, they get booked at this hotel for this conference. And he really, like, rips into the hotel concierge. He's definitely one of those It's customers. like, oh, you're one of those assholes. Those customers at all times. Um, and so they have to share a room, and they both have, like, two... There's, like, two medium-sized beds that they have to... That they're that they're sleeping like mm-hmm. mere feet away from one another, uh, and sh- she wakes up because he's having like these night terrors, and then mm-hmm. she wakes him up, and he gets all butt hurt about the fact that she saw him having night terrors, and then that's it. They're at, they're back at home for that. Yeah. Point. So all of this set up for like the conference and the the shared hotel room. It's very quickly drawn. Well, I guess they had to set up this masturbation scene too, but it's. It's going kind of a long way to establish that he caught her. This feels like another book, much like Prey, where we're not going to have that much to talk about in terms of plot, because it's mostly just, like, two assholes bouncing back and forth on the will-they-won't-they they pendulum. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they get back to, to their home, and then they they have more flirtatious banter, and then he's hot and cold and hot and cold, and then they fuck some. Uh, yeah, but there's... There, there are some things to go to. There's some really what the fuck level, uh, sort of not not full sex, but like sexual scenes in public places. Like that, when he tracks her down to the laundromat and like pins her against like a vibrating washing machine. Well, he lifts and that's her up how on she top gets of it, off, like, and then kind of no, he lifts her up on it and then like finger fucks her in full view of whoever might decide to walk in with their laundries, just trying to get a load done. At the, at the coin well, laundry. He's just trying to get a load done, too. <laughs> he's just trying to... God damn it. Well, he didn't get a load done at that time. He just... Fingered her to completion and then just fucked right off. Yeah. But there's just a lot of, of just kind of, like, trading of... He really fucking wants her because he's so... She's so sunny and optimistic and she can heal all of his deep, dark places. Uh, we're alluded to someone named Jennifer who we're not given any context for, but she's linked to the reason why he's all... He's, he's all, all pissed off. P- pissy. At pissy first I thought she was dead. I was like, oh, it's a dead wife word. And then but. she starts texting him. I wish she was dead, actually, because that would be a really interesting twist. Like, man, I'm... I'm She's I'm, dead I'm, and then texting him also. I'm so emotionally messed up because I'm getting texts from my dead ghost wife. Like, <laughs> That's a reason to brood. I mean, if you're going to be a brooding hero, then I'll give you that if you're getting ghost wife texts. And then Marley is our, our just our base template 
uh, female erotica her- heroine. She's kind of like a Bridget Jones type. <laughs> He's so bad for me and bad to me, but I just can't get enough. I just, boy, howdy, I just can't get enough. There, and we don't really, like, there's not a lot of development to Marley. Of co- I mean, I wasn't surprised. But... She's not the fetish object. She's not, she's not what the reader is supposedly here for. Right. There's a reason that it's it's him True. in the epilogue giving us the summation. Right. It's all about his journey from tortured and misanthropic to and we can talk about that now if you want or we can keep talking about the the how the relationship builds and the and the sexy times that are had. Well, we, I mean we should build up and give them an, like an idea of the timeline because sure. they come back from Chicago and she is his that weird combo of TA and student. And um, there is a scene, like, he keeps asking her to stay after class, which is so cliche. And at one point, he literally, like, pushes her face first into his desk and spanks her. Yeah, that's... I was severely uncomfortable by that, just, like, the description. She's like, oh, my cheek, like, hit the side of the... Or, like, hit the the wood of the desk. No preamble. They haven't done anything at that point. He basically saw her masturbating and sometimes, like, busts her balls about it. He's like, ha ha ha, I I love those panties. Like, he talks about her pink panties a lot. He's a creep. He's a creepy dude. He is a creepy dude. At least he's not a thousand years older than her. He's 32. Yeah, and 32. Which is really young to be, like, a... A professor. Like, a professor and and a former... an accomplished doctor. Yeah. I'm like, because me- medical school takes years and years, and I mean, I guess you presumably could do it at 32, or have done it, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I was surprised by how young he was, especially he's, he's with how curmudgeonly he is. He has grown up Doogie Hauser. But yeah, he there. There's so much like of him overstepping and her just kind of. Allowing it because again the thirst the thirst the thirst rules all. There's a really gross and for somebody who is so adamant about how they can't be together because of how much of a threat it is to both of their like to his position and to her as a student like she could get kicked out he could be fired but he sure does come on to her very explicitly in public a whole lot in this story yep and and also turns out they live across the street from each other That's and true. he feels no compulsion like no compulsion to not go over to her place unannounced at any given time oh yeah and there is one line where he does come to her and sorry for the sniffling guys it's allergy season all up in my nose. Um, there's a scene where he does go to her house and announce, and she says, how do you know where I live? And he responds, I'm your professor. I know everything. <laughs> Sir, that's uh, that's pretty creepy and does not answer my question. No. But so he's concerned about risking the risk to their to both of their respective positions, but he there's that growth scene where he calls her down in front of this lecture and like strokes her face and is like smile for me marley how many muscles are in your smile man god what is it like like, being in that fucking slow caress of her jawline you're you're just like all of these like students are sitting there just like uh should we say something (laughs) should Should, we should we call someone should we should we talk to to the dean about this like yes yes you should you really really should and there's another scene where they're she's studying in the library and he sort of confronts her as he as he does. 
and they're ha- sharing some quiet, sexually charged words in the stacks. And she keeps shushing him, and he gets real mad about it. And then he, she like puts her finger up to his mouth, I guess, to shush him, and he just like sucks on her finger, like really pornographically, in the middle of this library for like a sustained scene. Also, real quick, uh, during all of this sort of like back and forth, um, you know, Marley is very hot and cold about what's going on here. Like she's, she seems pretty traditional as far as like what she wants out of a relationship. Yeah. Um, like she, and, and she, she tries to be okay with a no strings attached, but she's honest with herself and like, yeah. she, she knows it's going to be a problem for her to continue. And she knows that one, this isn't normal. No. Uh, it's like, she's not like, Oh, it's fine. She doesn't think it's fine. She just keeps doing it. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a bit where she's like trying to get in touch with like her erotic side and she skips a day and she goes into a, like a bookstore and goes to the erotic section. And I'm pretty sure that the author has her purchase a copy of one of his own books. Really? Like she purchases kidnapped by the mountain man. And I want to look up real quick. Whether uh, that is a Logan Chase, or is it Chance? It's Chance. Chance. But, like, good on him for uh, that meta kind of... Kidnapped in the Rocky Mountains, Dr. Kidnapped. Quinn Medicine Woman. Dr. Quinn Medicine Man, too. <laughs> what is, in, a, is, in a true treat-yourself moment, she went and got herself a copy of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Steamy. To get in touch with her erotic side. <laughs> 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 okay, maybe it would help if I actually searched down Kindle. Kidnapped by the mountain, and if it's not a uh, missed opportunity, man. I know. Nope, it's not. Okay, uh, that's just a thing that he's decided she should buy. And, it, and kidnapped by the mountain man, as described by Marley, sounds very much like a like a, a caveman sort of r- rape fantasy. Yeah, uh, I thought I could tame him. I was wrong. Like the mountain he lives on, he's wild and untamed. When he kidnaps me, I'll do whatever it takes to escape. One touch of her body and I had to have her. She can't escape me. She's mine. <laughs> wow, okay. That's that's a thing. <laughs> uh, listen. And Marley's super into it. She Yeah, she is. In, and I will say that like in some of the more murky... As and in, as far as consent is concerned, situations like the the author makes very clear that she's into it. Like there is a scene where a drunk and horny Houston just Houston's kind of a stupid name. Oh yeah, his name's Houston. We didn't mention that Houston. Yes, Houston, Houston and Marley. Houston Dale. He gets gets drunk on bourbon. City and dog. <laughs> City and dog. That's the name of that should be the name of this episode. <laughs> City and dog. Student teacher Stex Stex story. <laughs> But he he busts in drunkenly to her apartment. I think before she knows that he knows where she lives. So delightful, great, not creepy at all. And like flings her bodily onto the bed and just sort of like has his way. But she is she's into the, it. Yeah, they do establish that it's part of like a play that they're yeah. Doing, which... That's kind of it was a little sexy. It was like he told her to like fight him, and she was like, I right, I'm into this. <laughs> and so like that kind of like consensual non-consent like the way it was described here i think i was okay with because it was very much like understood between them that it was what was what was actually consent yeah Yeah. so i thought that was pretty cool 
it's not cool how immediately once he finishes, he's like, okay, bye, I hate you again. Yes, as soon as the semen flies, so does he. Yep. Out the door. (laughs) Back next door to his apartment. It's not even cold yet, and he's out the door. (laughs) It's still warm. And a side note, another reason that I think that this actually was written by a straight man is there is a uh, a brief titty fucking scene. Yep. N- no woman gives a shit about that. I'm sorry. Unless somebody out there is listening and is like really into, no, into that. No, that is my favorite. <laughs> That's my favorite. How dare you? It's 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 not. It's oh, not- I, I could tell from fucking day from page one. Oh, she just. She was so aroused by a single comment that she had to, like, go and masturbate in a dirty airplane bathroom. Yeah. Like, no. No. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, like, if I needed any reason, any other reason to doubt. And there was a... And I think men are more into, uh, like, ejaculating on a person's, like, face and or body than women, straight women are to, like, having that done to them. I think there are people who are into it, but I, I was like, that's a very straight guy thing to incorporate into a fantasy. Also, when uh, when Marley is trying to get over uh, her unemotional moment, she sits and watches rom coms and eats ice cream. Oh yeah, of with course. her with, with her girlfriend. Of so. course she does. Because of she because does. Uh, this guy cannot imagine another way that a woman might grieve. Yeah, no, there's no other way. Chick flicks and a pint of ice cream. Yeah, let's see. Where, where I else? wish I loved anything as much as erotica heroines seem to love ice cream. Yeah, wasn't it the very first story that we had that was just like this lust over pistachio like ice cream? Like her, her personal heaven is a endlessly replenishing uh, source of ice cream that doesn't make you fat. I mean, fair, but yeah, it was like a, a very significant portion of her characterization was like how strongly she feels about pistachio ice cream. Like, I just... So I, I probably play, like, maybe an hour and a half to two hours of video games a day. Mm-hmm. It's my hobby. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine... I'm trying... I'm try- I was going to say, how are you taking that from pistachio ice cream? I, I can only that. imagine that the women in these stories spend an equivalent amount of time... Eating just eating pistachio. Pistachio. That, that is their hobby. <laughs> that is their lifestyle. Like... <laughs> my hobby is ice cream. My hobby is chicken tendies, so... I know I know how you live. You know how, you know how I do. You know they put a ra- uh, uh, Raising Cane's on Riverside now? You know, Cane's is not my favorite. Really? Cane's is okay. Oh, their sauce is so good. I gotta say, a Whataburger tendy is where it's at. Really? You know, Chili's knows its way around a chicken tender, too. Alright, fair enough. Uh, I do miss Opal's, though. Uh, oh, rip God. Opal Divines. Oh, man. There's still one up north, Yeah. It's not the same. That was my brunch spot with was Chris. Oh, Opal D's. Oh, there's no, another... People outside of Austin don't know what the fuck we're talking about. It's okay. Just imagine the most delectable chicken tenders with, like, a carafe of sauces. Or, or, like, a flight of sauces, actually. Like a beer flight. They give you, like, three. Why it's don't great. more places do that? F- I know. A flight of sauces. A flight of I'm sauces. I'm a big fan of sauces. I know. I want some, like, Chipotle Ranch. I want some honey mustard. And probably something else. Fuck, I'm hungry now. Hot sauce. You just had pad thai, and now you're having a smoothie, and now you're hungry. I'm actually hungry, too. <laughs> but we, we're getting way sidetracked. But I, my notes for this are so scattered, because like you said, like it's not really about the plot, because there's not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There's just like throwaway little moments where I was like, huh? Yeah, so it's it, it's it's Houston. Uh, 
coming in strong and then leaving as quickly as possible over and over and over again. And he really is a dirtbag. Like, there were a few, a few, mo- like, multiple moments where he muses, like, this might get her kicked out of school if anybody finds out. But for <laughs> right. me, it's worth it. It's like, congratulations. Like, what a, what a, what a guy you are yeah. that it's worth it for you. And, and admittedly, he's a, he's a total dirtbag. And I think and, he does own the fact that he's a dirtbag. And, guy. and this, it's very repetitive. Here comes the big butt. I feel like here comes the big butt for me. The big butt. The, the big front butt. Uh, Houston's big front butt. Uh, <laughs> that's also potential. Yeah. Um, put it. Put it in the running. Put it in the running. Um, as the book goes on, we're given more and more sort of hints as to what his actual damage is. Because mm-hmm. he's and got it's, baggage. It's, it's, it's not all just like f- dumped on us in yeah. in one sort of upfront go. Like a lot of these boys are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's not like here's here's his troubles and now I expect you to care. Yes, yeah. the way it's like trickled into the story. We 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 see him going to a therapist. We see him fighting with his parents. We see him getting text messages that he doesn't want to respond to from Jennifer. From Jennifer, the, yeah, the not actual ghost wife. Damn it! Damn uh, it! And so we're 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 slowly given hints and given little insights into what his actual damage is so that right around the the third act start when we kind of find out when he when he breaks things off with marley completely and goes to deal with his shit but can we talk about how stupid it was that he completely ghosted on her knowing full well that he wanted to come back and be with her could he not have not just said hey marley i'm gonna go away for a couple weeks to work on myself and then i'm gonna come back and actually like give you the full story and we're going to be together because that was his plan I I think maybe a part of him was like I gotta go deal with my shit and maybe at the end of it I'll realize that I don't want anyone right now but he could have I mean and he he still could have given her something to go on he definitely handled it poorly because he literally like left the school and it was like he was a missing person basically he's an emotionally immature garbage boy but like yeah it's true uh, he's just tortured. But that's 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 in character. Um, but when we do find out what his damage is at the at the third act mark, uh, when he does go and resolves his emotional issues outside of his relationship to her, which I liked a lot. Like, like she, a grown ass man took care of his yeah. his shit. She, without- she inspired him to do something, but she has nothing to do with the resolution. Right, and I really appreciate that. So it turns out that he had been married to a woman named Jennifer, and they had a five-year-old son uh, who died in a car crash mm-hmm. under, like, really, like, they they were both, like, arguing about, they were both running late, and they yeah. were arguing. and they're like, and let's he, have a neighbor take the son to school. And the neighbor got in a car accident, and, and the son died. And it was, like, there were some really emotional details to this, where I was actually kind of touched, and, like, I'm not, I was not, didn't come into this expecting to have my emotions tweaked by an erotic story, but... I don't think it was particularly elegant, but I do think it was effective for what it was trying to there do. There were moments, like, the, the description, like, he was in, he was working as a surgeon at the time, and he describes, like, uh, a five-year-old car crash victim is brought in on a gurney, and he starts to realize, little by little, that this is his son. Like, he notices that the 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 victim of the crash is wearing this, like, little Spider-Man t-shirt that his son wears, and he, he walks up and just, like, the realization that, like, this is his, his son, and he's dead like that it was intense uh, i i thought that was a, a nice detail the hot wheels cars on the on the gravestone i thought that was really sweet too 
Yeah, it's all the... And again, the story is ultimately way more about him than it's ever about Marley. Uh, But the resolution to his emotional arc taking place outside of his relationship being handled in a pretty reasonable, realistic manner. Like, he goes to therapy, mm-hmm. he talks to his parents, and then he deals with his issue emotionally. Like, I thought all of that... I always... I've said in multiple episodes, I want the emotions to feel earned. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were earned. I thought they were earned here. I thought that this is one of the very first stories, with the possible exception of um, the Wild West one, a, br- a Brother for Every Hole, or whatever it was <laughs> called. for Every Hole. <laughs> Uh, it should have been called that. No, I agree though. I think that 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 one was solid too for for its own reasons. But this also, yeah, and th- the way that the that his that this uh, that the tragedy was was slowly incorporated into a story and the story in the way that felt really natural. And I I did like the sort of it set it up as a mystery for the reader, like who is Jennifer? What is the context? We know that something terrible has happened, but we're given just like these tidbits to piece together. And it was, I thought it was well done. One moment that pissed me off, even though I understood kind of like it's in keeping with his, his asshole uh, personality prior to, to getting his shit together. Uh, when, uh, so Houston is over at Marley's. They've been fucking same old, same old. But he gets a text message, and it's from Jennifer. And I think that she was very reasonable in saying, like, hey, you got a text message from Jennifer. Like, who, who's that? And he totally flies off the handle about it. And he and makes her, and leads her to believe and, and gives her no uh, information to the contrary that he's, like, having sex with this other person. And just it makes very clear that it's not her business. But – and it, it's a moot point because he's not fucking anybody else. But if he was – even if you're in a no strings, like completely casual, casual sex relationship, you still owe it to your partner or partners to be transparent about the fact that you're having sex with multiple people, like for their own safety. And it's it's just I definitely a reasonable... agree with you, but I also think that he's a little reasonable in being like angry, like why are you looking through my text? Well, like... she wasn't though. It's like a text pop up, and he like I think he forgot his phone or something, or like he was walking off without it, and it's not like she was digging through his his Fair. inbox. But I don't know, like just oh, a woman texted you, like I'm gonna be super inc- like I, I. But it was a text I, that I, was I... like I need to see you. Like it wasn't like hey, like. I don't know, but he, he also does that shit, too. Like, right. oh, you're having... At one point, she's... Yeah, she's having, having a, coffee with her brother. And he, he flips a bitch about He cavemans it. out about it. And, then, like, and doesn't really apologize, it either. It is very rude to a random woman in that uh, in that coffee shop. Yeah, he's he's standing in the doorway of the coffee shop, and this elderly woman is trying to get inside. <laughs> I, to get co- I, I just need me some coffee, Sonny. Like, well, you're not getting it now, because I'm brooding here. <laughs> Can't you see I'm <laughs> This is the brood here? zone. And there's only brood room in the brood zone for one person, ma'am. <laughs> Step out the brood zone, ma'am. I mean, don't brood in a doorway, though. Just like it's it's not reasonable. Uh, find God. a find a back booth of that coffee. I'm shop giving him eight out of ten Heathcliffs. Eight out of ten Heathcliffs. I'm gonna give him nine. Maybe brought down to about seven or eight after he. No, you know what? Eight is pretty reasonable. I, I'm because averaging. Yeah, he does. I'm a little bit proud of how he puts his big boy pants on and uh, gets closure with his past. So, 
a good a solid eight. I, li- I like the Heathcliff scale. I think we should keep that around Absolutely. because you know this isn't the last time we're going to get a brooding like house from the show house style dude <laughs> with or without the medical context. Just like that kind of prickly piece of shit that all the ladies love. Uh, God, I pray for a one out one out of ten on the Heathless, Heathcliff scale. <laughs> so Fat Pratt would be like what a, a one? He's definitely a one. On he's the like, he's like a, a half a Heathcliff. Like he's so happy go lucky. Mm. He's like he's maybe like not Heathcliffy enough. But I like that. That's good. What else we got here? Oh, there's a he. Okay, so. There were some pretty uh, over-the-top brooding lines uh, from... Ooh, lay them brooding lines on me. Heathcliffish lines from the perspective of Houston. Maybe I just want to continue down this desert my life has become, travel down the dusty roads in my mind, and lose myself in the forgotten plains of everything. And then I another one. this lonely street on, <laughs> on the boulevard of broken dreams. <laughs> where my front butt sleeps. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, and there's another one. (laughs) Melancholy entrenches me. It consumes me because it knows it owns me. How could this happen to me? (laughs) The pop punk, like. Got no way. I heard a really terrible Simple Plan song at Planet Fitness the other day, and it was like a reggae-tinged, like, horrible peppy song about singing in the rain. I gotta... I was like, how far you have fallen. Plan band. From how could this happen to me? Okay, these this, this these are the faces of five gentlemen who should never do anything reggae-tinged. <laughs> Just wanted to confirm. I didn't know what the people... They never should have laid down like. a recording of anything, but specifically not white Canadian reggae terribleness I think do I have anything else from him oh yeah there's another like when he's that scene where he visits his parents I thought that was pretty well done too like before very very tonal shift like it sets up the tonal shift later on but it kind of springs from nowhere yeah Uh, we we definitely do get the sense from that uh, from that visit that what happened was a tr- like a tragedy versus just kind of like a divorce because i had gotten the impression since jennifer is alive and texting that it's an ex of some sort or somebody hounding him from his past but we do get the impression that he's grieving from there uh but there's a l- another line from houston don't get me wrong i love my parents i love my parents so much but sometimes they just don't understand <laughs> no one does <laughs> I've become so numb. <laughs> anyway. God damn it. <laughs> I was actually, the parents just don't understand. Oh, that too. Yeah. Also appropriate. Oh, Houston. Oh, Houston. Houston Dale. And I did like, there's another scene too. Houston uh, Dale sounds like a King of the Hill character. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I feel like he should be out drinking in that alley. But he, uh, there was another kind of cool scene we don't we don't get any follow up on this too. It was during the conference where they've checked into the hotel after he spent like an hour yelling at the concierge, and uh, Marley gets in the shower to wash away the embarrassment of being caught baiting on the plane. Good luck with that. I know that, that shame, don't wash that off. That shame do not wash off. 
and then he announced uh, Houston announces he's gonna go down and get drunk in the uh, in the hotel bar and runs into about three of his old uh, surgical colleagues I guess and did, wasn't there a line where it was suggested that he punched one of them in the face yeah what was that about I don't know we never ever get in context what a weird throwaway thing like oh yeah, yeah we're just we're just we're just establishing his bad boy cred oh yeah his hot topic cred. he's out here punching surgeons brooding finger fucking women in laundromats but there were some so i wanted to talk about a few of marley's uh verbal tics Mm -hmm. i would like to propose to all writers everywhere that across the board if you're ever writing a story where you want a character to be taken at all seriously don't have them say I'm in like with someone. Oh God! Because yeah. Marley, she's deeply in she's like. She's deeply in like. She's never felt this in like before. And I was like, Are you twelve? And it's also really what is happening? From like, are you writing from- this in a Lisa Frank journal? What's yes. going on? Dear diary. Dear diary. I'm in like. I'm so in like. He finger fucked me on a laundry machine. <laughs> I wonder if I send him a note that says, do you like me? Check yes or no. He'll burn it. He'll burn it. Because he's a bad boy. <laughs> he'll punch He'll punch the note and then <laughs> go stand in the doorway and just glower. Prevent old ladies from getting coffee. I know. What an asshole. Yeah, I noticed that too, and I was not really about it. Um, there was, we found, we have yet again uh, a description of man smells that is... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He smells good, like sleep and man. Like, what does that smell like? <laughs> what? Does he get the night sweats? Like, <laughs> like I get the night sweats, so I know it doesn't smell great. Like, sweating in your blankets. But I think that was during the scene. Maybe what does we'll... sleep smell like? I don't what know. Is, what is ode sleep? That's a good question. What does man smell like? Man can smell all kind of ways. I can, I can tell you what man smells like. <laughs> Girl, I can tell you. <laughs> but I mean, is it? does he smell like a man who's had a shower recently? Does he smell like man who's been rolling around in a pig pen? Like what? what man, is man? man who was jamming out to Simple Planet at uh, Planet Fitness. <laughs> yes. Man who just got off the elliptical and sleep. So I don't know what that smells like. It was like man and sleep with a hint of mint. Like, okay, I know what mint smells like. Like, I can, you, picture, I can visualize yeah, this. You've established one thing that this could be, but... <laughs> yeah, but, like, because we had been discussing, like, he smelled like I something, mean, something, and man. Didn't we describe, didn't we decide last time... That that was a stupid thing to say? Yes. Well, yes, that, but also that it's just balls. It is balls. He smells <laughs> like sleep and mint and balls. <laughs> Minty sleep balls. Minty sleep balls, yes. <laughs> smells like front butt, sleep, and mint. There was a line... She uses the, the term uh, fuckernize. Yeah, she does. We don't fuckernize in public, which is like okay. I hope not. Uh, was this a was this a first draft, Logan? Because it seems like you might have wanted to take that out. Fuckernize. I don't. I don't know. Like fraternize you... covers the fucking as well. Like you don't need to create an entirely new word. For I don't this. know what you think this wordplay is. But I don't know what, if working. you think it's clever, but it's not. The, okay, can I read you one of my favorite lines? <laughs> favorite line I'd be disappointed if you didn't. Okay, this is uh, from Marley's perspective, uh, mid-coitus. My hardened nipple doesn't care about the repercussions if we get caught. It wants to be squeezed, and it gets what it wants. <laughs> Our nipple's in charge! <laughs> it's like it puts the lotion on its nipple. 
I love. <laughs> I like that we like have an anthropomorphic nipple, though. It's all that I want in this world, and I got it. <laughs> Rachel prays to prays to the Jeebus every night for an anthropomorphic nipple, and finally she's been she's been hurt. When I lay me down to sleep, I pray a nip, my soul to keep. God. <laughs> I'm a little oh, bit we're goofy stupid today. tonight. But I don't think I have no other notes written here about the story. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's about it. That's a it's a pretty simple little. It, it's got one sort of really effective payoff moment. There was actually a description, uh, or sort of a quirk of of Marley's uh, point of view, where she because she always talks about this relationship in terms of strings attached, and then there's a scene where she like literally describes. Like, oh, a string came out, and... I, I mean, I can't remember the exact line, but like, yeah, he, she sees uh, Houston t- talking to, like, some hot lady professor, and uh, who he had been, uh, I guess, like, working with, and she she's concerned because she knows that if he were to uh, to turn to this other professor for for a relationship, like, there would be no repercussions. Like, this would... It would be an easy alternative to what he's got with Marley, so... He sees them talking on the quad or whatever, and she's like, a string attached itself to me. Or And I, th- I thought that was a cool kind of making that a physical, tangible yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it draws sort of like um, sort of like puppet imagery mm-hmm. that I think was actually pretty effectively done. Yeah. I, I guess that's my big... And then as far as the plot goes, he comes back from his big emotional revelation. He apologizes. She takes him back at the end. What I do like also, uh, as he begins to open up to Marley... He, Marley, he, he actually, he brings her in and like shows her pictures of his son, and like he really he wants her to, to know his son and, and to know that he's trying to be better, mm-hmm. which I thought was also pretty well done. Yeah, I thought that scene was. I mean, the fact that they immediately fuck afterwards. Yeah, like, okay. tonal shift. Okay, okay. Talk about a damn tonal shift. But but there was and, and when he comes back from uh, from soul searching. And she was very forgiving. Like, he, he really ghosted on her. Uh, and he ghosted on his entire job at NYU. He basically ghosted on New York City and comes back weeks later, having had no communication with her. And she just accepts him with open arms. Because, again, the thirst. But I do like this. Uh, in the beginning of the story, his apartment is described as very sterile, very uh impersonal there's no photos on the wall but she uh he takes her back to his apartment after he comes back in the end and it's just lined with photos of his son and he talks about wanting to remember like every day of his son's life that was a really good line i know that was a really effective really sweet line i know i I guess that's my big issue with this story is that i it starts out a train wreck Mm mm-hmm I expected it to be a train wreck. I expected to get some real vitriol going. Yeah. And by the end of it... I was so, like, geared up to be pissed. By the end of it, I'm just like, all right. You like, like it? I don't, I, don't, I don't like it, but I certainly... I certainly don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't hate this work. I there mean, were, and there were, were moments that I genuinely enjoyed. She's... She's 24 years old. I think she's really supposed to be more of a teacher's assistant than a mm-hmm. student. Like, there's a couple of mentions of her working on an assignment for him, but she doesn't, like, sit... And flashing her panties in yeah. class. But she doesn't... She's not a student in that class. We never see her as a 
as a student. We see her. As I a thought no, day. I thought she was. She was. She's a student in one of his classes, and I think TA's in another one of his classes. That's weird. It's, but it's not, I don't think it's unheard of, though. Yeah the the power dynamic is there, and there's definitely some issues of consent, but they're downplayed enough, and. She's enough of, like, an adult sexual being already. Like, he's not teaching her anything. Yeah. And she she kind of claps back at him sometimes, too. Like, he'll... She has her little sexy fantasy about spanking him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like... and she will uh, kind of, I think... Like, she's feisty in her own right, she... verbally. Like, when he, he... He can't, like... He can't overpower her in that way. I think that she just gives as good as she gets. And we get a, enough of a sense of her as... And emotionally strong, and I think that she's self-aware. She's like self-aware when it comes to the relationship and understanding herself well enough to know that she's like, "Well, I'm going to have a problem with this later down the line. I know myself, but right now, I'm just going to go with it." And so, yeah, I didn't, so. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. No, I thought it was fine. Did you think it was sexy? Sometimes, yeah. I, there were there were some moments where I was like, I, "All right." Was I, was, I, I, I wasn't, was, like, downright aroused by it, but I was like, yeah, it's a little, like, just, like, from a detached perspective, I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty sexy. I came close to being, like, actually aroused when she has her, like, moment of dominance. Yeah, and I then I was that too. pissed that it was all in her brain. I know, yeah. I was like, oh, come on. And I knew, I kind of had the, uh, a feeling that it was going to be just, like, a daydream fantasy because of the way it played out, but I did like that. I, and... Like, going back to one of our old segments of, like, how could this have been better? I would have liked to see that scene actually happen. I think that... I mean, in in uh, in talking about, sort of, dominance and submission play... And, yeah, and the point of being, like, I think a lot of the draw of being submissive is that it allows you to, to let go and just feel sensation. And I think yeah. that... And I think that Houston would have benefited from that in the yeah, story, and yeah. it would have been kind of hot. Uh, yeah, and it would have been in keeping with why, like, why initially he was so drawn to Marley because she makes him forget. And mm-hmm. what better way to forget than to be drifting in subspace with a lady spanking you with what was she spanking him with? I think it's just her hand, isn't she? Uh, well, I thought in her fantasy it was like a pointer, like a. No, she's she's like brandishing the pointer. Oh, she's so just, just sma- for, spanking him with. It's just for fun. Just yeah. it's, for it's, it's her. It's her prop. Uh huh. Yeah. But, but yeah, I would have I would have liked to see that scene happen. But, but I, thought, I thought the sex scenes were way more competent than mm-hmm. I expected oh, yeah. from a, a, a straight guy writing yeah, female yeah. pleasure. Like he seemed like to have at least a rudimentary understanding of the female anatomy and like actually paid attention to her orgasm. Like, and I just wasn't expecting that. And maybe shame on me for not giving straight guys enough credit. I don't know. I feel like it's. I think my expectations were about where they reasonably should have been, but I was pleasantly surprised. So. I agree. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about with this one? With this story specifically? Uh, nah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that about covers it. Uh, All right. We've touched well, on a lot. Yeah, if you guys want to check it out, again, uh, consider this as close to a ringing endorsement as we're probably going to give a work. Yeah, like if you're this. into... Uh, if you're actually into shit like Fifty Shades, I got vibes of that from this just because, not because of the, like, uh, BDSM necessarily, because there really wasn't any, but just, like, the brooding, like, that type, particular type of hero 
like harkened back to like a more competently written. I think this was better written than Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> From I, what I've seen of Fifty Shades, I agree. There's no inner goddess talk no, in this one. So. There is being in like though, so that's that's okay. true. Fuck that. It's a little doofiness. R- ruins it. Drops it a full letter grade. I'd, um, I'd <laughs> fail. You fail this class. But I'd rather have that than the goddess talk because fuck that shit. It's so annoying. And and no one practices BDSM because they're an abuse victim or any mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah, like yeah, no, it's fine. It's a it's a fine it's little number. Fine, fine little number. <laughs> yeah, no, as genuinely not terrible to read. All right. Uh, so next week, <laughs> next week, where is it? Oh no, I lost it. Oh no, I lost it. Oh god! Hang in there, guys. Talk about a thing that you want to recommend this week while I find it. Oh man, I do have things to recommend this week. I have two movies that I uh, found on Netflix that I just sure did love. Uh, One of them is called Cash Only. Uh, Pretty great thriller, uh, an Albanian American thriller. So uh, it was really great, well paced, and you get like a sense of uh, I think like New York uh, Albanian culture, which was really cool. Um, Just a a really well paced, well like action-packed kind of crime story. It's about uh, this landlord who's down on his luck, owes a lot of money, and gets involved into some kind in some kind of like shady with some shady people trying to uh, to get his life together. And there's some chases and some a really disturbing ending, uh, but it's great. Uh, what I really wouldn't recommend is a movie called Anti-Birth with Natasha Lyonne and Chloe Sevigny, and it was the weirdest. One of the weirder horror movies that I've seen in a while, and, and with an ending that genuinely made me sit up and say "what the fuck" out loud because it was like that. in a good way or a bad way. In a good way, if you like horror movies. Mm. In a bad way, if you don't like to be disgusted. Mm. It was weird and cool though, and Natasha uh, Leon's character is this kind of like female druggy dirt bag, like lovable dirt bag character, and just she is just like such a delight to watch. I, I love. If you, if you like her character in Orange is the New Black, um, similar elements. It was just, it's so unusual and so unique. And uh, if you like the idea of pregnancy as a horror device, which I do because pregnancy freaks me out, I recommend it. It's just great. It's weird. It's great. Get on Netflix and watch it. All right. Trevor, what do you recommend this week? Uh, well, I'm going to echo last week a little bit. I saw Get Out finally. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Yeah, loved so that good. movie. I want to see it again. Uh, it was really, really fantastic. And you don't like horror movies usually. What? Yes, I do. What? You do? I thought what? you didn't. I don't like Gross Out. Okay. But yeah, yeah. like some of my favorite movies are like The Babadook or... Uh, you might like Anti-Birth then, because it's not like gross body horror-ish. But anyway... You're, it you're... Follows. I loved It Follows. Oh, yeah. I couldn't uh, get into It Follows. I, I, it I like... Dread horror movies mm-hmm. more than like oh god why horror movies yeah yeah but yeah no I really liked Get Out uh, I also finished uh, Night in the Woods I think I called it a Night in the Woods last time I apologize it is just Night in the Woods uh, highly 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 recommended uh, speaking of really great horror really effective gay characters mm-hmm. like it's got probably one of my favorite fictional gay couples that I've yeah. seen. Uh, they're super, super adorable. Aww. And if you've ever been like a somewhat mentally ill punk kid in a small town, which I have, mm-hmm. uh, it'll it'll ring a lot of it'll ring a lot of nostalgia bells for you. 
It's really, really good. It sounds great. You were recommending that to me recently as well. And I guess for new recommendations, I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I've Uh, I've been hearing great things about that, too. New PS4 game stars a really badass female character voiced by Ashley Birch, who is one of my one one true loves. Uh, And, yeah, just a really fantastic open-world robot dinosaur hunting game. That's the one. That's the one that uh, your roommate's been playing that I've been admiring. And it looks just beautiful. The graphics are unbelievable. So those are my recommendations. Check all three of those things out. So next episode, we are going to be... In, in celebration of the, or or mourning of the new uh, Beauty and the Beast I'm movie. I'm celebrating it tentatively. I mean, tentative celebration, but by the time we put the episode out, it'll already come we'll out. See, we're going to so. go see it, and we're also reading a book called Beastly Beauty by Anne Marie. And so we're, we're sort of doing an inverse of what we did this week. Um, we had a straight man straight male written story for uh, a straight woman's consumption, and now we have... Uh, a female written story uh, for a gay male audience. Yep. So Beastly Beauty, a male male retelling of Beauty and the Beast. And I sure do love a queering of like of fairy tales. I do too. I think that's there's could, nothing better. It could totally suck, but it I'm, might be the worst. But, <laughs> but I'm hoping. I, yeah, hoping I, I'm, for I'm looking forward to it. And that's by Anne Marie. You can find it on Amazon for Kindle for two dollars and ninety nine cents. Check it out. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, same. That's about so. Tonight. If you like what you heard, if you've liked what we've been doing here, low these few months, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We're at Patreon.com/slash/TheSmutCast. Thank you so much to Dusty and to Alex for your support. We really do appreciate it. Uh, hit us up at Austin Smutcast or sorry, Austin Smutcast at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook is the Smutcast, and that's what we're mostly bopping around on Facebook. I've been really bad about updating the Twitter. Sorry, but uh, we do have a Twitter. I think we have three followers. Yeah, that's about right. We never use it. No, well, I mean, we've got a good amount of social media presence, and most of it is it's uh, is it Patreon? Is it Patreon? And I've been saying it wrong this whole time. It's Patreon. Patreon. Okay, Patreon and Facebook are essentially what we're doing we also got about a month ago we got a really uh lovely message from andrea on facebook oh Uh, she's got a really great uh, recommendation called the university of dinosaurs (gasps) which we will definitely how have have i not seen this message point uh thank you so much andrea we really do appreciate that and we will definitely take a look at it and see if it's uh if it's good for for a full episode. If it's appropriate for our uses. You know, we haven't touched on dinosaurs yet, though, so that's... We haven't, and that's a weirdly big... Mm-hmm. Uh, a weirdly big market. Wasn't... I think there was... It was a, a duo of uh, college grads from Texas, I think... Oh, yeah, that lady who makes, like, $10,000 doing mm, Somebody porn. making bank on dinosaur porn from our neck of the woods. Yeah, so. I, I think our campus newspaper did a story about Today? that when we were on when we were at school. That's a little racy for a for a Catholic liberal arts college. I mean, St. Edward's is barely Catholic. I know, but when we're talking about Dino Dong, like that's I'm guessing that the the article is very tasteful. Probably should. Probably so. <laughs> Maybe they'll do a story about us someday. Yes. Where are they now? St. Edward's alum. <laughs>
it's, it's, it's written about porn. It's written about as a cautionary tale. Yeah. Like, where are they now? And why be, we don't speak of them ever again? Beware, English majors. This could happen to yeah. you. Hey, we're gainfully employed. This is just for funsies, guys. So keep living the dream, English majors at small universities. Yep. Well, thanks again for listening, guys. Once again, my name is Trevor. My name is Rachel. And we hope you have a positively throbbing spring break. Have a throbbing South by Southwest. Have a tumescent spring break. And uh, we'll see. Drive safely. Don't drink and drive. We'll see you guys again in April. Yep. Bye. Bye.